Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. This is BRN Weekly for Saturday, November 18th, 2023. And our top story today, U.S. retail sales fall for the first time as the holiday season approaches. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Jane King joins us from the NASDAQ. Jane, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Yep, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, Jane, before we get started, what's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Oh, I do like stuffing. It's it's so bad for you, but it's really the only time of the year you have it. So it's like a treat Thanksgiving. And and does the King household... um, do you host Thanksgiving? No, you we're, we're going to a restaurant, so we're all keeping our sanity this year. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy that. All right, Jane, uh, Commerce Department releases U.S. retail numbers. They're a little soft going into the holiday season, first time since March. Yeah. Going to get your feedback on that. I, I'm a little well, nervous and now. And we also heard from Walmart that they don't think the holiday season is going to be as good as expected. Gap also said that this week. So, um, and then if you combine that with what we saw oil prices do this week, I mean, it's a potential economic slowdown could be, I would say in the first quarter of next year, oil prices just jumped. I mean, that should be kind or just plummeted, I should say. Uh, That should be kind of terrifying if you're looking at the global economy. And let's talk about some of these, you mentioned Walmart, let's talk about, you know, the targets of the world and even the mom and the smaller, I'm a big small business guy, I know you are too, we both are small business owners, so, so uh, you know, we, we, we try to focus on and help the, those in, in small business, but um, what does this all mean for holiday season? I mean, the consumers, I think they've got a lot of credit card debt, it seems like consumer sentiment really has softened along with those retail sales. and. Inflation seems to have come down in some parts of the economy, but but not everywhere. Well, that's right. I mean, housing is still expensive, but um, we did see the inflation numbers. That was a big shocker this week, right? That, I mean, caused us to take another leg up in this rally. But but the consumer stressed. I mean, we've heard Walmart this week. Uh, the CEO said that uh, people are waiting longer to make big purchases and taking advantage of sales more often. So these are all signs that the computer just, or the uh, consumer is just becoming more conscious about how much they're spending. If they can wait, they're going to wait. So at Walmart's not the only one to say that either. So I think that, um, you know, the holiday season could be a little softer than what we expect. Credit card debt, I mean, is really adding up. I mean, the interest rates are going up. I think the average interest rate on a credit card is, what, 27% or something? I mean, it's just unbelievable. And if you can't pay that off, it really piles on pretty quickly. So people may just decide to have a little bit of a a scaled down holiday this year. And and Jane, though, uh, consumers are kind of pulling back on maybe, maybe pulling back. I don't want to send the market in a tizzy. I know know they all tune in to BRN and to Jane King's uh, uh, shows and programs. But, um, you know, when it comes to uh, the stock market, how how has the stock market reacted to some of this news? Um, Is it still full, you know, full steam ahead or is it a little bit of trepidation? Well, it certainly feels like full steam ahead since November 1st. Um, We have just charged forward. I think the market, I like to explain it like this. It looks at something right in front of it. And then, and sometimes it looks at something six months ahead. Right now we're looking right in front of us and that's interest rates by the Federal Reserve. And I think after the CPI number this week, 
uh, that the thinking is the Fed is done raising interest rates and maybe even will cut next year. So the market got very enthusiastic about that. That can change quickly. I mean, if we start to hear more things like we heard from Walmart yesterday, um, you know, some surprise announcement or something coming out about uh, the economy, uh, that could change things pretty quick. It's seasonal too. Uh, we're typically entering a time of year that the markets are strong historically. So I think that's adding to it. And I want to just last question, I promise you, Jane, I know you're so busy, but I want to ask you about em- employment. This is usually the time of year, time of year where firms like Walmart, Target, hire seasonal workers. They kind of they kind of beef up their their staff. Any any sign that that's kind of softening too? Knowing that retail sales in the holiday season could soften as well. Well, when they make these announcements, which is typically like early October, the numbers were not what they were last year. In fact, I I think they were the lowest holiday seasonal hiring since the Great Recession in 2008-2009. So um, we're definitely not seeing the holiday seasonal hiring like we have. Part of that's probably automation, but part of it's just expectations uh, for less spending and less activity over the holidays. So we'll see what the numbers are. The American consumer does kind of step up when we least expect it, but there are indications that that won't happen this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, we've been talking recession for so long that you would think it would have happened already, but maybe the, the, the consumer and the stock market keep rolling. Jane King, always great to see you. I want to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy not cooking and enjoy your time out with your family. Great seeing you. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thanks, Jane. Great to see you. Thanks for sharing your perspective and happy Thanksgiving. We come back, we'll take a look at some of our best segments for the week. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN Weekly. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Welcome back. We had another great week of topics, of course, great guests. We kicked off the week with a look at over-the-counter hearing aids. 
Let's take a look. So, I mean, technically hearing loss can happen at any time in life from birth into older age. We do know that hearing loss is more prevalent. There's age-related hearing loss that people experience as they age. And so that's typically what we end up seeing in the media or in articles or things we're learning about, but it can affect people across the lifespan. When it comes to deciding when to get your hearing tested, because even before we talk about frequency, most older adults or adults in general are like, I haven't had my hearing tested since I was a kid in elementary school, right? It's about when should you have that first, what we would call a baseline test. When can you have your hearing evaluated? There's no wrong time to get your hearing evaluated. So if you feel like something is changing about your hearing or you're noticing certain situations are harder, maybe you walk into a noisy restaurant, you love going to with your friends and all of a sudden you realize kind of having a hard time participating in this conversation. That's a great time to get your hearing evaluated, to check in on your hearing health. Um, and then the cadence of that depends on what the results look like. It depends on the plan and the insurance, absolutely, but there is typically some coverage. And the way I think about it is that hearing health should be as prevalent as eye health, right? If you regularly get your eyes tested or looked at, you should also be getting your hearing tested too, because both of those things contribute to your overall brain health and well-being. The whole point of this FDA ruling, this change was to make hearing health care more accessible to more people, make it easier to find, make it easier to get, make it more affordable. And so this concept of this new category of hearing devices, which are called over-the-counter hearing aids, is getting at just that. Can we reduce the barriers for people to get the access they need for these products? Now, an important call out here is that there's all kinds of hearing loss, ranging from just a little bit of hearing loss all the way to profound hearing loss or what people typically understand as deafness. These devices, over-the-counter hearing aids, are designed for people with perceived mild to moderate hearing loss, so they're for a specific category of people, and that matters when you think about your treatment plan. You want to make sure that you're choosing a product that would align with the type and amount of hearing loss that you're experiencing. Next up, we discussed updated guidelines for lung cancer screening. Let's take a look. Since 2013, we've known that uh, we've had guidelines for lung cancer screening. American Cancer Society had them, other organizations had them, and we've pretty much recommended over time, these have evolved. Right now, we recommend that adults between the ages of 50 and 80 with a 20 pack year history, a pack year history is equivalent of one pack of cigarettes per day per year, um, 50 to 80, 20 pack year history, and if you are a person who formerly smoked, you have to be within a window of 15 years since quit. When the American Cancer Society updated its guidelines in just, just this past month, we had spent a great deal of time looking at this issue of years since quit for people who formerly smoked. And we concluded that the evidence did not support this. And in fact, the assumption that if you quit smoking, your risk of lung cancer is going to decline is certainly true compared to continuing smoking. But we our, I think our advice, I say that our, our advice, the collective uh, us, has been rather misleading because we've implied to people who formerly smoked that your risk will just get lower and lower and lower. Quitting smoking is the single most important thing you can do if you smoke. But people need to understand that as they get older, they their risk will of lung cancer will increase. And what we observed is that the years since quit rule was disqualifying, at least for insurance coverage, quite a large number of people whose risk was rising and was higher than it was during the period when they qualified for lung cancer screening. So we have made this the central part of our guideline update. Uh, the central element of our guideline update is that we no longer recommend that 
your quit date should have anything to do with your eligibility for lung cancer screening. Our guideline right now focuses on people who are between the ages of 50 and 80, have at least a 20-pack year history, and are in reasonably good health so that if they do have lung cancer, they will benefit from treatment. It could be any number of things. But the point is, is that it's a bit of a problem. It's more than a bit of a problem. You know, you were talking about symptoms earlier on. If a person who has never smoked comes in with a persistent cough, neither they nor their doctor are going to think lung cancer at the, at the beginning of this complaint. And what happens is that this cough doesn't go away and they still think it can't be lung cancer. And eventually they finally decide to get a CT and sure enough, it is lung cancer. So our, our recommendation really is, is that a persistent cough that lasts of any, any duration and for which there is not a clear explanation should be worked up as uh, that lung cancer is a possibility. It's, it's, all, it's all, all of those treatments that we use in our armamentarium, but for an early stage lung cancer, mainly the first course of treatment is surgery. But I'll, I will tell you what's really been remarkable now, now we have this opportunity to detect lung cancer early. Uh, our treatments for lung cancer have become almost revolutionary, especially for advanced stage disease. Because what we're doing now is we are doing, um, if a person is diagnosed and these, these, the stages are actually getting progressively lower where this kind of treatment would be applied, is we determine whether or not uh, the patient carries mutations on particular genes. And if they do, those mutations can be linked to specific therapies which show much better outcomes than, than standard therapy. This is referred to as biomarker therapy. So, I mean, our advice right now is that anybody who is diagnosed with lung cancer needs to have biomarker testing as soon as possible. So as soon as they see the oncologist, the oncologist will have that information at their fingertips for planning their treatment. It, yeah. it will eliminate delays in treatment, which are hard for any patient to go through. Well, certainly great segments. I want to thank all of our great contributors this week. And that wraps up this episode of BRN Weekly. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more in all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow for BRN Sunday. I'll be joined by the Legal Eagles of Groom Law Group. And then Oliver Rennick of the Schwab Network helps break down markets. You're not going to want to miss it. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. And don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.